go. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all of its resources for free. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Hello, everyone. Pastor Rodney here with The Ville Church. Just excited to be with you again this morning. Uh, Last week, we talked about three truths that we can hold on to in difficult times. I hope that was helpful. This week, we're going to go a little bit deeper into uh, one of these um, truths that overshadows all three. What were those truths? Well, the first one is that God in his love always wills what's best for us. God always wills what's best. Number two, in his wisdom, he always knows what's best for us. And then number three, he also has the ability, he's sovereign, the power to carry about and bring about what's best for us. That's so encouraging and so helpful. Let us pray as we get into the word today and see what God does. Father, I pray just as you say that you will what's best. And I pray that this morning that we all know that you brought us together to hear your word, to hear you speak to us. That these are not just truths that we're to hear and to know more, but that they become personal and that we be able to relate to them and that we be able to have more faith and more trust in you. Would you open our hearts this morning, our minds to be able to have that trust that we can actively see you involved in our lives. I pray for this in Jesus name. So the thing is, is that in this life, there's tragedy, right? There's things that happen that are really rough, right? Bad things come our way. And that's something that's really hard. How is it that a good God that's all powerful, wants what's best for us, allow bad things to happen? So some people say, well, either God is all good, but not all powerful, or he's all powerful, but he's not all good, right? We see God's power through uh, this creation in itself, an earthquake, right? A storm. If God is bigger than that, we know he's all powerful. But what if that storm actually hurts somebody? So the thing is, is that actually God is all good and he is all powerful. They go together. They're not separate. Now, I want to look at a story that I'm going to tell you about and then I'm going to finish it towards the end that may illustrate some of this and help us with it. A man by the name of Robert Matthews, quite a few years ago, his wife and him, uh, found they found out that they were going to have a child. And so they had planned a trip for her to go out to visit her sister, lined up the flight, planned everything, headed out that morning, and then all of a sudden they had a blowout. Now they had just prayed that God would keep them safe or keep her safe on her trip. And of course she's with bait with child. So, you know, there's two of them traveling basically. Well, he tried to change the flat. Didn't happen that morning. Ended up having to go home and miss the flight. They were so upset about it. Later on, he got a phone call from his father and his father asked, what flight number was that? And when they realized later that that flight number was to the one that actually one of them that for on 9-11 flew into one of the twin towers. And of course he was so grateful for that. But later on in that discussion, his dad said, I've got to go and I've got to go help them. His dad was a firefighter and um, he wanted to go and help them, help those that were in distress. It was just a, a hard, hard time. And he, he was worried because he didn't want his father to get hurt. He also knew that his father didn't know Christ. And so the last words that his father told him was, hey, take care of my grandchild, right? So those are the last words I actually heard of his father because later on, his father ended up actually giving his life to help someone uh, get out 
and to be saved uh, in that in that um, time of tragedy. So we see that that's a time of suffering for him, and he was really upset with God. And we see that bad things happen to his family, right? First a blowout, and then also now his dad losing his dad um, and never being able to see his grandchild grow up and, and experience that time together. I mean, that is so hurtful and so hard. So is God all good? Is he also all powerful? Well, I believe that this falls under um, God's providence. And that's what theologians call God's providence is where he's actively involved, that he actually takes even the bad things that he allows to work out for the good. And how do we know this is because he's not someone that is a God that's on one moment and then off the next. That means that he doesn't just show up when, you know, it's you really need him or uh, just when good things happen, but actually he's there in all those times and all those situations. Where do we find this? We find this starting off with just creation itself, the universe. In the universe, Hebrews 1.3 says it like this. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Who is this? Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He holds the universe by the word of his power. That means every star, every planet, the sun, the moon are all held together, all the galaxies, by his one word. They would cease to exist. They would cease to be in the right cosmos, the right order, and it would be completely chaos without God's Jesus's word. That's what we find is that Christ is also involved with the universe. Christ holds every aspect of every part of the universe together. So he holds it all together and even more. Isaiah 40, 26 says it in New, in New International Version. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one. It is known that we are not able to even count how many stars, but yet Christ counts them and brings them out one by one. He calls forth each by name. He has a name for each star. That is completely impossible. Talk about details. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Not even one can go missing in all the galaxy. You would think you could afford one as, as many as there are. But they don't because each one is numbered and each one is named. Job 38, 37 says, Who is wise enough to count all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven? So when it comes to planet Earth, God, uh, that he not alone created it, but he also gives life to everything. So imagine even the, the clouds are also counted. I don't know. If you ever look up at the clouds, take a moment next time and know that our God actually counts each and every one of them. That's how much detail, that's how much he's involved. Nehemiah 966 says, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens and even the highest heavens and all the starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heavens worship you. So he gives life to every single created thing that's here on this planet, in all of the ocean, where it's a coral reef, 
or if it's any of the fish or the whales or the sharks or the dolphins. As a matter of fact, any sea creature, any bird, everything that's created, God gives them life. He not just just created them, but he also gives them life. Psalms 147, 8 and 9 says it this way. He covers the skies with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grows on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Can you imagine that? God actually provides for every single organism, molecule, cell, everything in our body, on land, in the air, all at once. He's the one that causes for it to be sustainable. He sustains life for everything that is created. He is a God that sustains. This again is called God's providence. Now, J.I. Packard says it this way. Listen to this closely. The unceasing activity of the creator whereby in overflowing bounty and goodwill. He upholds his creatures in order, existence, guides and governs all events and circumstances and free acts of angels and men and directs everything to its appointed goal for his own glory. Wow. That's amazing that it doesn't matter what an angel does, what a man does, all of them are governed, right? Even their free will is governed and is governed to the point of God's glory. Everything, all of creation, all at once, everything at once is all for his own glory. See, we think that God is sometimes involved in more of a stop and go, right? God is only interested sometimes when we blow it. That's, that's one thing that usually hangs over our head. Most people only talk to us about God when we blow it, right? You know, being brought up, maybe parents, family, siblings, uncles, grandparents. Oh, you know, God's going to be mad at you. You really messed up. Oh, you need to go say a prayer or you need to do this or you need to do that. You know, you're going to make God mad. And sometimes we think that God's only involved when, when we mess up. Or the opposite. Right? We think because we behaved in such a certain way or we, we performed in a certain way or we did a good deed that God is watching those times, that he's happy those times, right? And those other times he's sad and he's upset or he's not even involved at all, that he's too busy, he's far off, right? He doesn't care whether, you know, I pick up a paper that, that foul or whether, you know, just like the other day I was driving uh, one of the golf carts at work and, um, there was a lizard on the road and um, in my path and I was watching him and he was like making his way. And you know, that little thing that comes out of the bottom, I don't know what that is, but he was doing that. And I thought he was going to continue to go. And sure enough, he did not. And he didn't make it. After studying for the sermon, knowing that God is involved in every single one of his creations, I felt really bad. And to some of you that know me or don't know me, um, I'm a hunter. So I kill really big animals and I enjoy it. Um, it's something that I've been, been brought up with, but I felt really bad for this lizard when normally I wouldn't feel bad at all. Why? Because that moment, for some reason, I know God is involved and he cares about that. I felt bad for that lizard. Um, so we think sometimes he's a stop and go, but actually he never stops and he's involved in all things at all times. 
For he himself gives all men life, the Bible says. For in him we live and move and have our being. He supplies our daily food. He gives us every single individual breath that we breathe. Every day we live is because of him. We're not left up to random acts of nature or to any act of any other person. But God is constantly caring for us. He's there for us. He's actively involved in our lives. He constantly cares. So why do I say all this? It's because we all struggle with the bad stuff that comes our way, right? We struggle with knowing that something tragic comes, uh, the sufferings that we go through, the hard times. And there is a lot of hard times right now that we're going through. We sometimes think that God lost his stuff, right? That he is gone or he is distant or he just doesn't care. But that is the opposite. See, God will not allow for, he will not um, give up his glory, whatever's going on, his glory at the expense of our goodness. So, in other words, his glory is important, but he'll never sacrifice our what's good for us at the same time. And at the same time, what's good for us, he will not give up his glory if his glory is at stake. And it basically goes together. God is always doing something that's for our good. And it's always going to bring him glory. And whatever brings him glory is always going to end up being for our good. Which is so awesome. To know that he's a God that is completely good. Now, going back to the rest of that story. So, Robert, Robert Matthews, a few years later being angry with God, struggling with what had happened, where his dad goes to help someone and ends up losing his life and also not knowing Christ. He gets a knock at the door. This uh, man comes in and uh, says, are you um, Robert Matthews? And he says, yes. He says, I want to shake the hand of the son of the person that helped my wife. See, my wife was, was pregnant and she was caught in one of the buildings and your dad came and he helped her get out. And because your dad helped her, my wife is alive and my child's alive. And I actually named him after your dad, after your dad. I thought that was amazing to see that, to hear that. And of course, tears came to his eyes and he was just amazed. But there's also something else he says, I want to tell you. He said, my wife as your dad was helping her, had led her to Christ. And I just thought you needed to know that. Now this obviously was so amazing to hear for Robert Matthews and he's filled with joy. And he said, man, one day I'm gonna see my dad in heaven. And I just can't, you know, fathom that, like how, you know, tragedy and hard times and suffering happens and many times we leave it as oh you know that was random chance or you know we'll never know what, what what the reasons why and you know maybe god was on a lunch break or whatever um or god can't be good but god can work out all things the bible says he works out all things for the good of those that love him and for his glory see we don't see the whole picture 
If this man had never come to tell Robert Matthews the story, that wouldn't mean that that was the end of the story and that God didn't know what he was doing. And so we have to trust that God is all good and that he knows why, right? And he knows how and he knows what he's doing. But it, it's hard, right? Because when it hurts, we have sometimes have a hard time believing that God will allow something to hurt us. But how many times have you looked back in your life where you've seen where God has actually done something great out of the pain that we suffer, out of this hard, tragic situation? And that's why we can trust that God gave his son, just like this man gave up his life, so did Jesus. Jesus, Jesus gave up his life that we too would be able to receive salvation through a suffering. Now, God didn't have to give up anything because God is completely holy and righteous. We are the ones by choice and by nature have chosen to sin and to go against what God has for us. And that's all of us. There's not a person, the Bible says, on this earth that does good, not one. Not one that has followed everything that God has ever asked of man. And what happens is, is God knows out of his mercy that it would bring him glory and it would be good for us that he would lay down his life, uh, his son's life for us. And Jesus laid down his life for us willingly, not because he had to. And showing that even our sins that we commit, that we do, that are bad, all of them, God is actively involved and, and doing something about even our mistakes, the things that are things that we've done. That's amazing. He didn't have to. He didn't have to give up his son. He had to leave uh, heaven. He didn't have to uh, give up um, his precious son, but he did. Why? Because he loves us. Because he's a God that's good. It's because he's a God that wants what's best for us. And he is willing to sacrifice for that. Now, I'm not sure where you're at when it comes to, you know, knowing Christ and knowing that he loves you and that he's willing to give up his, his only son for you. That might, you might be hearing this for the first time. Maybe you heard this a million times. But I want you to know that on the third day he rose again. And on that third day he rose again because he conquered death. So that even death, if it were to come knocking at our door, if you put your trust that you will not go to heaven for any other reason other than because Jesus died on the cross for you, that not even death can conquer you. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing more powerful than death on this earth. Everyone is going to, everyone that's born is going to die at some point. And then the Bible says the judgment, right? The judgment for our sins. And that judgment was placed on Christ. And the Bible says if you is placed on Christ, then your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And no one can erase your name from that book. See, God keeps a book. He keeps a record. Again, he's a God of detail. He's a God that cares about every single thing that you go through in life. And he's actively involved in every moment. That's been such an eye-opener for me. Every day I've been thinking about, okay, this moment when things aren't going well, this moment as I'm getting angry, this moment as I'm feeling scared, this moment as I'm happy and I'm celebrating, this moment, he's, in, he's even right here right now this morning, this moment, it, everything matters to God. Everything's important to God. And he's actively involved there. 
And it's so awesome and so encouraging to know that it's not a waste. The pain and the suffering, the things that don't go my way, the things that are happening right now that I'm unsure of, I don't know what's going to happen next. He's not wasting that. And that I can pray to him and that he'll do something about it. If he numbers the crop, crop clouds, if he names the stars, if he gives water, right, to fall on the grass so it can grow, so it can give food to those that are grazing from it in, in, in the fields of all the animals that are out there. You think that he's going to take someone that he's made in his own image, right? The pinnacle of his creation, which is humankind, and go ahead and just go on a vacation? No, because everything that we do, everything that's going on, he has a plan for us and he wills what's best for us. Because why? He's all about his own glory. And he has to be. Because if he was about someone else's glory, if he was about someone or something else, then he would be, he would be the biggest idolater. He'd be worshiping whatever it is he's after. But he's after his own glory. And he's the only one that can be after his own glory because he's God. Because he's truly holy and righteous. His glory is pure. It's right. It's safe. It's comforting it's encouraging it's hopeful and we see it on the face of every human being and that's why human beings are so important because they're made in the glorious image of god and that's why everything matters to god and he's involved in every human's life because he cares for them and he died for them so as we go about our day i want you to know that god is actively involved in every minute and every second I pray this is encouraging for you today. I pray that you leave knowing that God's providence, that's his active, unceasing, unending involvement in every minute and every second. That he holds all things together, right? This uh, stand right here that's holding uh, this camera is held together. This, this painting behind me is held together. This wall is held together, right? This paper is held together, right? The chair that I sit on is held together by the power of his word. If he holds those things that are material, those that don't have a soul, that don't have a heartbeat, if he holds those together, how much more will he hold your life together? And he has. Every time that you came to a place where you're just about to run out of money, he comes through. And even when you ran out of money, you grabbed the chains and the change was just enough. I remember about, I don't know, uh, four years ago, three years ago, we're about to move our way over here to, to, to Jacksonville. And I had lost my job and I was just starting another one. I'd been out for about two to three months. Again, one of those things that's tragic. I got fired. I've never been fired. In twenty last 22 years, never been fired. But that day I was fired. I was let go immediately. And there wasn't anything that I did that was deserving of that. And it was, I believe, God's providence. As a matter of fact, when the, when the supervisor said you're fired, I was like, thank you, Lord, because I really didn't like working in that place. It was a very toxic and tragic place. I learned some things, but that led me to actually getting to a place where God was able to tell me what's next. What, what is it that, or I was asking God, what's next? What is it you have for me? Is this what your will for me? And it ended up moving me towards this way and ended up coming to, to Jacksonville. Not specifically because I lost my job, but it was one of the things that caused you to say, okay, what are you doing, God? But I remember during that time, it was rough. We started running out of money and literally I was counting pennies and, and dollars and quarters to put enough gas to get it to the next uh, paycheck. 
it was it was it was actually an encouraging time for me. I know it sounds it sounds weird, but it was because I knew that down to my pennies and my quarters and my dimes, God was there. I don't know for some reason I could feel Him more there then than many times when I've had money for gas, plenty of money for gas, right? And God began to provide miraculously. And um, I don't always think that way. Many times I struggle with like, God, why is this happening? So I pray that these truths, this truth about what we read about God's universe, about every living being and how he's actually involved will help us to trust him. Not just to know more, not just to brag, oh God, you know, holds everything together and he's so big. Really, do we really believe it? Is it personal to me? I'm going to pray a special prayer for you today. I'm going to pray that God shows up big in your life. I'm going to pray that he shows up small in your life. That means that you will begin to see in the smallest of details. From one glass of water to the next. From breakfast to lunch. From lunch to dinner. From the night's sleep. From the morning that you wake up. From the drive down the road. I'm going to ask that you beginning to see... God show himself in the details that he's actively involved. When there's a closed door, when there's a no, when there's something that doesn't go your way, that you'd be able to see maybe sometimes what's the reason. Or maybe he just works in your heart to draw you closer to him. Maybe give you peace that you weren't supposed to have. Maybe calm the storm of your anxiety or depression or anger or fears. God is actively involved. I'm going to pray for that. Father, I pray right now this week that anyone that's heard this message will begin to see and to hear and to know where you're actively involved in their life. That you never cease, you never stop. You don't go to sleep, we do. You wait all night working and governing and ruling and reigning everything that's going on at every moment. And you're doing it for our good and for your glory. So I pray that every single person that's hearing this would experience this this week. That they're not going to go out and do anything for you to love them anymore. Because you can't, they cannot do anything to cause them to love you anymore. And it's so awesome with that is there's nothing they've done ever to make you cause them or cause you to love them any less. Because your love is freely given. And it's by grace. It's nothing we can earn. I pray they'll see that without them thinking they have to do anything, that you're going to be actively involved in their life and they see the grace that you pour on them. I pray this now. I pray you calm the storms of those that are barely making it this week. I pray for me that maybe me next week, I'm going to be going through that. Many of you know, many, many of the church knows, Father, how I've cried out for prayer many times because I'm barely making it. But even then you're there, God. You're not a stop and go, God. You're always involved. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for caring for me. Even in this moment as I'm preaching and teaching, where I'm so concerned about how it's going to come out and what's, if it'll even be understood that you're actually involved in that as well. In Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you, church. I want to encourage you. Look back at these scriptures. Think about them. Uh, meditate on them. And let God um, uh, allow him to to lead you to places where you're able to rest in his love and grow and trust in him. God bless you all.